Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. We have a heart for you, sister, and a God-sized vision that you become a mighty, awe-filled woman of God who knows, believes, and shares God's Word in your areas of influence. And so we fervently pray Colossians 3, 16 through 17 over you. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. My name is Jillian Vincent, and I am sitting here with my new friend, Megan. You want to say hi, Megan? Hi. We are sitting here at Apex's studio, and we are talking all about transformation, this series, all about how God has used his word to transform our lives and how we view God. So we're going to ask Megan all about that in a moment. But Megan, do you just want to take a minute to tell us a little bit about who you are and the God-given roles that you're playing right now? Sure. I love how you phrase that God-given roles that I'm playing right now. I I think that the Lord keeps changing what that looks like, and sometimes transitions can be hard. I'm a military spouse, so Mm -hmm. every couple of years I get to have new roles and a new life, and he's been so faithful through everything to give Mm me um, a family and a purpose and a a way to show his love to other people, no matter where we've been. I'm so grateful for that. So right now, like I said, I'm a military spouse. My husband's in the Air Force, and we're here um, at AFIT, and he's Mm -hmm. about to graduate with his master's Mm -hmm. in engineering. Congratulations to your... You both, I know how, what a relief that will be for you yes. both. Yes, yeah, we're ready to be done with homework for a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Um, I, in my day job, I'm an attorney, mm-hmm. uh, medical malpractice defense. And then um, one of the biggest ways we've been blessed this season and this um, location is by serving on the launch team for Safe Families. Mm-hmm which is a movement of the local church to provide biblical hospitality (laughs) for families that are facing crisis by hosting the children in your home and by providing wraparound support and community for the family that's facing that crisis. So (laughs) we've gotten to be a part of getting that started here in Dayton and (laughs) and at our church uh, family at Apex as well. (laughs) Yeah, so I have just a little bit got to know Megan through that uh, ministry um, because she's been heading it up here. So it's kind of been cool to um, see how God has weaved you in, in this story for such a time as this to get it launched off the ground, you know, before you guys move on to your next assignment. So, so cool. So anything else you want to share with us about yourself? Yeah, we've got two children, um, a little boy who's almost three, and a little girl who's a year and a half, and then mm-hmm. we've got another baby coming in July. Mm-hmm. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thank Do you. Do you ever sleep? Uh, some days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, yeah, it's, a, it's a, man, a lot of, a lot going on in your life right now, but a lot of good things too. Yes. So, yeah. Cool. Well, tell us what passage 
that God brought you to for your interview today? So I um, thought immediately of 1 John 3, verse 3, see what great love the Hmm. Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. So we are. (laughs) Exactly. So that verse has been um, a rallying cry for me, uh, different periods throughout my life, um, and meant different things as I've grown up in my faith and struggled with different things or learned more about God's character. But um, I think I first really was introduced to that idea of God lavishing love on me and loving me. Um, maybe like I would use the word boyfriend, like a boyfriend would in Hmm. high school. And from that, um, he's just shown me his love in so many different ways, but Hmm. that he can fill up every need I have and every want and desire. And I didn't need a boyfriend. I didn't need friends. I didn't need, um, approval from other people that all that need in me could be satisfied just by God. Hmm. And that, um, not just that he offered it, but that he pursues me to give me that love. So I couldn't hide from him and I couldn't um, lie to him or pretend to be someone that I wasn't. I feel like in high school, especially, maybe you um, keep trying to figure out who you are and what role or whatever you're, you are at the time. And God knew, could see past all that mm-hmm. and just love me for who I was. And um, no matter what I did, he was going to be there pouring that love out to me. Yeah. I feel like that's particularly poignant in that time of life, but we don't, we don't lose it completely. I think, especially through any like transition we go where we're still trying to hold on to the identity that we had before, or we think we should be. I mean, I'm sure you identify with that, with feeling like you start over every military assignment. I'm thinking I most identify with when I transitioned into to motherhood, still trying to be that like strong woman I thought I was before, you know, or that like really I had an idea of who I was as this like um, really like educated power woman, super person, um, girl boss, I think is the term that we like to use like in this generation. But I think after I transitioned into motherhood, I was still like trying to figure out how to still like be that as a mom. Yeah. So very, yes, very true. That's, um, been consistent throughout my life like you said in every transition Mm -hmm. that he would have to show me again um but I don't have to prove anything to anyone or even to myself and he still knows who I am and why I'm valuable and Mm -hmm. how he made me Mm -hmm. no matter what's going on or what my community looks like or Mm -hmm. what uh, my job looks like or how Mm -hmm. I'm spending my days we really value I think um production and what we produce or we give to people or or these external factors to give our, get our value either from what people are saying or how much attention we're getting or from in school, maybe it's your grades or in work, maybe it can be how you did on a project or your feedback from your boss. And over and over again, as I've gone from different school situations or changed churches or country cultures or, um, yeah, motherhood, especially like you mm-hmm. talked about, then over and over again, God's been telling me like 
I'm going to give you exactly the experiences that you need to give me glory and to serve me. And you don't need to worry about those details or or building up your resume or proving to be this certain kind of person um, to anyone. Just love me and I'm loving you in the meantime. And it's this beautiful relationship. Like I said, like a boyfriend, like he's there for me no matter mm-hmm. what. And I'm, and as I'm saying relationship, I'm thinking again of another time when I really have had to learn that as we, um, when I got married and then as again and again, maybe as through the years as we've been married to remember that, um, Jesus is my spouse first, I guess mm-hmm. before, and not to look to my spouse for all my needs or my satisfaction, um, and approval because he's not, he can't meet those needs. Yeah. It's not possible. And so that's just going to cause conflict or disappointment to put my house in that role when it really belongs to God. Exactly. I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm having a Bible, uh, brain fart, but I think this first John is written, um, is that written by the same John that wrote the gospel? I'm, I, I'm thinking, um, but in regardless in John 15, the gospel of John 15, it talks about abiding and abiding in the vine and how like that then produces fruit. Um, and so we have this idea that we have to be the productive ones for the Lord. Like, so before we have, we always have this drive to produce. And I think the Lord kind of gives us that, but then he, um, we, with sin, we kind of twist it um, so that we're trying to produce to, to prove our identity. But then in the Lord, it's not as if we stop producing, but we, we are first primary responsibility is just to be loved by him. Isn't that crazy? Like we're just supposed to be with him, to abide with him in John 15. And then he produces the fruit. Um, So it's weird because I feel like in these moments where we feel primarily unproductive, God is always, always being productive. And it just, we cannot fathom that that productivity like is to love us. Like, and then from that flows everything else. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I cheated and looked at my Bible notes <laughs> while you were talking. And it um, is the same John that yeah. wrote the Gospel of John. Um, my Bible notes say that it may not be the John, the apostle or the mm. disciple that we think mm. of. But, um, mm. yeah, it's the same John from mm. the Gospel of this one. And I think that connection um, that you made there is exactly right, that we mm. don't have to base our assurance of God's love on any work that we do or anything Mm. we produce for him Mm. or, um, yeah, that external affirmation we so often look for from other people Mm. and people value production or they value Mm. appearance or they value how well you fit in Mm. to whatever the norms or standards they think of today. Mm. Um, yeah, and he just was saying, I created you exactly the way you are, and you're mine, and I love you, and I'm going to come after you no matter what's <laughs> going on or what other people have to say yeah. about you or what's been done to you. Hmm. Um, so lately I've been, yeah, like I said, he really renews this knowledge and confidence for me over and over again, hmm. um, and lately he's been showing it to me again through safe families by um, when we have these children in our home, 
um, to be able to feel and know just a tiny glimpse of what his love is for these kids. Like I know going into it that I'm not going to get to keep them, that they're not my children and I'm going to give them back. And I didn't think I, I knew that, Oh, this will be hard or it'll be so good to know that I get to love on these kids for a little bit. Um, but I didn't expect how much I would love them even <laughs> knowing I couldn't keep them. And, um, that has blown me away if I have this love for them and this tiny amount of time then it's such a small glimpse of how much God loves them and then Mm. and how much he loves me Mm. um that he would adopt me into his family and call me his child and he feels the same way about um these safe families families and children um no matter what their circumstances are what it looks like externally that the the world has um said to them about how valuable they are Uh, the Lord is saying I love them and I um, want them as my family and I've given I gave up my son so that they could be part of my family Mm. and um, so Corey Asprey if I'm pronouncing his last name right (laughs) with with Bethel Music wrote Reckless Love Mm. and I think it's been kind of circulating around churches and the internet a little bit more lately but I've been really soaking in it and just um Brought to my knees again and again by the words. So I want to read some of the lyrics. It's so good. I definitely recommend everyone listening to it. Um, See, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, it leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. When I was your foe, you still love your, excuse me, <laughs> when I was your foe, you're still, your love fought for me. Mm. You've been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Hmm. I love that he points out we don't deserve it. We can't Mm -hmm. earn it. It's not anything that I need to work for or prove or something that I have to impress him to get. He just gives it to me and I can't run away from him he's gonna keep coming after me to show it to me and Mm. pour it out to me again and I um have there's a verse in Jeremiah I meant to look it up but talks about how your message is like a fire burning in my bones Mm. and so often I feel that about this knowledge he's given me of his love I have this complete confidence and assurance that he loves me and I want other women to know that too Mm. even if you feel no worth it's not true that's a lie Mm. the father loves you as his daughter and that is your identity yeah. no matter what else um what other lie you believe he'll tear that lie down and yeah show you what's true yeah yeah I mean I can't I can't help but bring up Hosea here I mean we are going to study it this summer and that is the essence of Hosea I mean Gomer is his uh, wayward wife that he um, God calls him to love. She's a prostitute. She sold herself out on other loves. She sold herself out on other loves. And um, 
God calls Hosea to pursue her, to take her out, to buy, to pay a price for her to be out of that life because that is how like God loves us. He, he goes there, even though we don't deserve it. Like you were saying, it is reckless love. Like why would he take a chance on us? Because he knows that we're not going to like prove ourselves. He knows we're not going to, um, only by Jesus's love. Can we can we change, you know, and when we experience him, we'll be like him because we'll see him like he is. And, um, so it's just amazing that like that pursuit, um, is completely one-sided, but then he like, doesn't just, he doesn't just buy us back. He redeems us and then he restores us and, um, he makes it so that we can, um, love him back. You know, like that's part of the gift is like receiving that love (laughs) and then being able to be healed enough Mm. to love him and love others that same way that he loves us. Not never to the capacity that he does, but, but we can taste it. We can taste it a little bit. So, yeah. Man. So how did he, why did he bring that up to you now? How do you think that is impacting how you see the world and how he, how you see the people he's brought into your life? I think my answer to that also is going to answer or shift a little bit to your next question about um, what verses transformed your view of God, Mm. because I, I feel like I said, I've known this truth. He's been showing it to me in different ways mm-hmm. and deeper ways since I was young and we're really um, coming to be stronger in my faith. But mm-hmm. as I've grown and matured in my view of God, then knowing his love um, has also matured and grown and um, been even more important. So we're studying Romans and BSF right now. And then I've also had... Um, a, actually a few friends who lost their spouses mm. and um, just different hardships. And we've been thinking about and studying God's sovereignty mm. a lot and um, had to think through and wrestle a lot with, I think before when I was um, earlier in my faith, maybe then I would know God is in control and he's on his throne and he doesn't make any mistakes. And that was really reassuring to me, but I would somehow protect myself from disappointment mm. by thinking, uh, that God allows uh, bad things to happen, but it's not that he's causing them. Mm -hmm. And in some ways that's true, but as I've learned more and more about his authority and his power and his sovereignty, I realize that's kind of a a cop-out in some (laughs) ways. Like I'm softening the truth of his power and his authority um, because either way, however you phrase it, and the lawyer in me likes those words and that nitpicking, at the end of the day, he allows it to happen he allows these hard things and the hardships and the bad um, struggles of this life he allows and permits those things to happen and so that hurts it really Mm -hmm. does Um, but if you see that truth with that same assurance of his love then it it changes everything again Um, (laughs) so I can know that whatever is happening as was allowed by him and as part of his plan, hmm. 
but I don't have to feel alone or abandoned in that. Um, I can still know he has something bigger and he's offering me something greater than the temporary circumstances of this life. Mm. I think it's a lie maybe coming from the American dream and the Mm. ease of our culture that Mm. um, we think God should promise if you do all the right things or you check again back, maybe back to production and your, um, your work. But if you do good things, then good things will happen to you. Mm. And that's nowhere in scripture. He promises we'll have trouble in this world actually, but he says he's giving us something bigger than the circumstances. Mm. So, um, at different times, um, I've had to learn that in different ways. Like when I went to law school, I left a Christian college where I had a whole lot of friends and a really strong church family, and I was really buoyed forward, I think, by, um, you know, blessings and how good life was, but also by community mm-hmm. and that um, just high that comes from being so close to other believers and knowing mm-hmm. that those good relationships. And then when I went to law school, I was thrust into this different culture mm-hmm. that didn't have that, and I felt really alone. Um, and was very discouraged by that. And the Father had to show me that um, there's going to be times where you can't rely on blessings and you can't rely on um, the fellowship and the community of believers because of circumstances. And so you have to rely on me beyond that, beyond Mm -hmm. circumstances, Mm -hmm. and to know my love between him and I and not what's going on mm-hmm. around me. And so then that's kind of progressed and been true when not just I felt alone, but like there were hardships happening mm-hmm. or struggles. Mm-hmm. Oh, Megan, you didn't know you were be, were going to be preaching to me, but I have tears in my eyes because um, we are about to head into lots of transitions in our community where we have just been living in a harvest for the past couple of years. And many people, not because they are like necessarily, it's nothing like personal, but there are moving on to what God has called them from our um, house church family. And like, I know that there's part of me that's like, I, I know that God created us for community. So I'm like, sad about like that, but also like wanting to grieve, but also like trust God and what he has next for us is beautiful and, and that he will never leave us or forsake us. And that it's like, you're right that he's sovereign, but he's also good. And that those two things together means that I can trust him and what he has for us next. So the verse that I um, picked for talking about this, about um, how my view of God has changed me and on this subject was in John 16. Um, It's kind of a long section, so I won't read all of it, but it's at the Last Supper. Jesus is talking to his followers. And um, so you can imagine they're all in the room together and they're feeling that high from community of warmth Mm. of fellowship and Jesus talking to them and giving his last words. And for a little bit, he stops using so many metaphors and allegories (laughs) and they thank him for that. Like, oh, (laughs) you're finally speaking plainly. Thank you. Um, 
and he tells them, um, let me get right to the verse. Uh, Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my father. Um, and then he, so they're saying, thank you for speaking clearly. And then he says, do you now believe? Jesus <laughs> replied, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I'm not alone for my father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take part, take heart. I have overcome the world. <laughs> so um, it's interesting. A lot of times we take that verse by itself and apply it as a balm to whatever situation where we don't have peace, but it's really makes it really rich when you know what's happening in right, that situation, right. what God was speaking directly to into the disciples lives at that moment. Right. So we don't have a promise that from God that everything's going to be good or easy or safe in life. Mm-hmm. And that's what we really value and idolize a lot as safety and and good outcomes. Um, but he's actually promising, no, like here in this moment, you're all feeling good and you're together and you're um, you believe in me. But there's going to be a time come a time when I'm leaving. So shortly after this. He was taken away and he was killed and the the, the church was scattered and everyone was in hiding and afraid. Um, and he's saying even in that time where you lose the community or you're feeling alone, um, my promise is that I'm with you hmm. and you can have peace, this peace that surpasses understanding. So these things that we don't have promises of good circumstances but we have promised for something bigger and Mm. deeper and more eternal Mm. the peace of god that can guard our hearts and surpass our understanding Mm. and that reckless love that pursues us no matter what's going on Mm. wow that's really awesome and i mean speaks to you whether you feel like you're at a um poverty of community or a poverty of something else i mean i think it's all um that basis of understanding of who you are in Christ, that you are his child and that he loves you. Um, understanding the lavished, rich love of God, then that feeds into everything else that feeds into your peace, you know, especially, um, because there will be no situation that can separate you from that lavished love. So you start, on a basis not of poverty, but of great wealth in Christ, in his love. Right, exactly. And then that can empower me in whatever role um, that he's given me to fulfill as a mother when I feel over my and over my head and I don't know how best to discipline or love my kids or pray mm-hmm. for them, or as a volunteer for Safe Families when we're facing circumstances that I have no idea what mm-hmm. the right answer is or how to help people. Then I can remember I'm not giving from my own strength or my mm-hmm. own wisdom, but out of that richness, out of mm-hmm. the love that the Father has lavished on me. Mm-hmm. And I, my goal is just to um, show them that love so they can experience it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can take your pressure, like the pressure on yourself and just like 
remove it because like God has taken that role and so much more abundantly that we than we can. And so we just get to then be the like pointers <laughs> to that yeah. love and and show them, you know, to the capacity that um, we have been shown like if that makes sense like we we receive that and then we can we can give it out and we won't ever be able to show that in full but if you feel like you are extended and you can't give it anymore ask the lord to um show you and reveal to you the richness that he's given you of his love yeah Wow. So is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about what you shared with us today about um, the love of God and how it transformed you and how it can transform them? Um, there's, I have so many examples of this in my life. It's hard to pick um, which ones to talk about, but I think I, this conversation wouldn't be complete without sharing um, this, my little sister's story. I have two mm-hmm. younger sisters, and my youngest sister uh, was born with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and so I feel like her life is a, a beautiful example of these two truths of God's mm-hmm. character being true at once, that he is sovereign and he's in control, and he designed her in her my mother's womb before she was born, mm-hmm. and that truth sometimes hurts and is hard, and I think the world who don't know people with Down syndrome especially just see hardship or sadness there. Mm-hmm. But it's also very, very true that he loves her and he's lavished love on our family. By My mom would always say we're honored and privileged to be chosen by God to yes. get to have my sister mm-hmm. um, because he trusted us with her to help um, care for her, but mostly as a gift to us because of how much she's blessed us. She has, she doesn't necessarily have a filter, you know, so you get to see pure joy. (laughs) There's nothing else like it. So much silliness, so much fun. Mm. And our lives are absolutely changed because Mm. of her. And so in her, I get to see the hard side of it's true that um, God's in control and it doesn't always his plan isn't what I would pick maybe, Hmm. (laughs) but also I get to see the truth that, um, I'm not alone in that. And he Hmm. has spoiled the heck out of our family (laughs) and out of my sister, Rachel, um, by giving us this chance to be together and to experience life in a different way that most people don't Hmm. um, get to see just, uh, like we, (laughs) we took her to Disney world one year and she loves Disney and I, I know everyone loves going to Disney, but I just can't picture how it could be that much fun or enjoyable <laughs> for everyone else. It was like every moment was <laughs> a huge high, you know, <laughs> so exciting, <laughs> just overwhelming, so much fun and enjoyment of life. And that's how so many things get to be with her birthdays and holidays and hmm. dance parties spontaneously. And, you know, the room with the sisters, like so, so many fun things and so many good memories that we were um, privileged to be given because of her. Um, so it might not have been the plan I picked for her, but yeah. I couldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. And I've been so um, thankful for her and blessed by God's love hmm. Through, hmm. through her life. Made me think of the book, The Lucky Few. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's um, 
uh, about, um, I think Heather is the name of the author. I don't know. I don't, I'm looking at her Instagram right now and I can't see the last, her last name. Avis, I want to say, but I'm not sure if that's true. Um, but she is, uh, an adoptive mom who struggled with infertility for some time and she adopted three kids and wrote a book about it. And two, um, of her kiddos, uh, have down syndrome and, um, the, the Instagram tag that she has, if you want to follow her is called Macy makes my day. (laughs) And she started it when they adopted her first daughter, Macy, and it will, it will truly make your day if you like follow this and be encouraged by it. But, um, just she chronicles that journey of how God showed her like what kind of what you're describing, like the love that he has for us through her kiddos. Um, and now she's really become like a spokesman of that, um, love to, um, those who are in that community and those who are both in, in, um, parents who of kiddos who have down syndrome, but also parents who are struggling with infertility and also parents who are adopting. I mean, there's just all these people she can speak God's love into because of that um, particular uh, truth that she has learned through that point of her life. So anyway, plug for a book that really, um, really exemplified what you're talking about with your sister. So then my call to people listening would be to First, know individually um, God's love. And it's again, like we talked about, it's not something you earn or work for. So in mm-hmm. the same way, you don't know and have that reassurance of his love overnight, I don't think, it, or it's something that you can just convince yourself of yeah. suddenly. You have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give it to you and to heal whatever lies and tear down those walls like the song was, the song was talking about that you put up between yourself and God and mm-hmm. um so that you can be assured of that love. And um, Romans talks about, uh, Romans 5, 3 through 5, talks about rejoicing and suffering. And it says that hope doesn't disappoint or put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that gives us this love. So know that first and pray and ask the Holy Spirit for it and he will give it to you mm-hmm. and he will show it to you and he will tear down those lies and those walls that separate you. And then in that place um, of love and courage that you can have because of his love, then be bold and showing mm-hmm. it to other people and um, getting involved in those communities that you think you aren't, you don't have the knowledge for or the wisdom or the capacity for um, where it doesn't feel safe or it doesn't feel what you're like what you're used to because in that stretching place of obedience um, that is where he's giving you the opportunity to really experience true love like we've been talking about and to of him his love for you and his love for other people and true joy that goes beyond circumstances or um, your nice house or your checkbox on your resume or whatever it is that you think will satisfy you in this world. Like it's nothing compared to what he has for you. No. And um, as being part of and a participant in his love for (laughs) other people. Yeah. Yeah. 
That'll preach. I just brought up this because I've been reading the book, uh, Knowing God. Uh, the author is, um, last name is Packer. And he's talking about this exact knowledge, the knowledge of the love of God. It says, this is momentous knowledge. There is unspeakable comfort, the sort of comfort that energizes, be it said, not enervates in knowing that God is constantly taking knowledge of me in love and watching over me for my good. There is tremendous relief in knowing that his love to me is utterly realistic based at every point on prior knowledge of the worst about me so that no discovery now can disillusion him about me in the way I am so often, often disillusioned about myself Mm -hmm. and quench his determination to bless me. There is certainly great cause for humility in the thought that he sees all the twisted things about me that my fellow humans do not see, and I am glad, and that he sees more corruption in me that, than that which I see in myself, which in all conscience is enough. There is, however, equally great incentive to worship and love God in the thought that, for some unfathomable reason, he wants me as his friend mm. and desires to be my friend and has given his son to die for me in order to realize that purpose. We cannot work these thoughts out, but merely mention them is enough to show how much it means to know not merely that we know God, but that he knows us. I just thought that was like so powerful to mm. say like God knows everything about me even the really gross twisty parts but nothing can quench his determination to love us and to redeem all that for uh our good and for his glory so Mm. yeah thanks for bringing all of this to mind today megan thank you (laughs) i um while we were talking i also was um, convicted a bit that I, I think that and while I'm talking I'm harping perhaps on production and uh, <laughs> safety and nice houses or whatever those kind of <laughs> external things not to say I do want to add my disclaimer I guess yeah. not that any of those things are wrong or bad of course and God has um, like I said I'm an attorney and so God <laughs> used that uh, resume ambition yeah. building ambition part of me to serve his kingdom also um, <laughs> And I've had opportunities to show his love within that world, in that context. I'm merely saying um, within that those circumstances and where God's placed you, look for opportunities and look for more. <laughs> and he'll show. Yes. You. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much, Megan, for your grace and for um, sharing with us what God has shown you. Thank you for listening to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. For more resources and encouragement about how to go deep in God's Word, visit us at DaytonWomenInTheWord.com on Instagram and Facebook. May you dwell richly in His Word today, sister. Thank you.